0: Thank you for joining the Late But On Time podcast. This is a podcast discussing everything from parenting to politics and a few things in between. Brought to you by the SGT Collective. On tonight's podcast with your host, Corey Sargent and
1: Donna Sargent,
0: we are talking about jobs. So my wife has had several different jobs since we've been together. Six. Several different jobs since we've been together mm. and um one of the jobs that she's had or i should say out of the jobs that she's had she's always been the ray of sunshine in the room regardless of how gloom and doom the organization may be <laughs> she's always been a ray of sunshine right so she's highly qualified. She's highly um, educated. She has a a master's. She has uh, several certs. She's not telling you the number of certs she has, but she has several certs. Right?
1: Sir, I don't. Okay. But I
0: outnumber her in degrees. I have three degrees.
1: Wow. Wow. Not a competition, guys. Um, It actually is. Okay. But I feel like you're supposed to be your biggest cheerleader. Am i Am I great at that? I'm not great at that. So the whole thing about, like, oh, I'm worried. It, it embarrasses me a little bit. But like, why?
0: Embarrass- you you went for them.
1: I went for them to make sure, one, I knew what I was talking about, and two, to make sure that when I asked for my number and salary, they had no reason other than outside of their budget than to give it to me.
0: Oh, uh, she's talking about money talk. Stop it. Uh.
1: Wow. Mm. <laughs> so i just that's why i got all those shirts, and i'm i'm working on a couple more
0: did you did you hear what she said she's working on a couple more right. only three so <laughs> so we were reminiscing about um office stories right so uh in the time that i've been in a relationship with adonna 10 years right um i've only had two jobs in the time that Donna has been in a relationship with me, she's had a total of six. Count them six. Um, and it's been I,
1: like what ten years though? It's
0: been almost ten years. Yo, she could collect six a, jobs could in collect, ten years. She That's could wrong. collect a, a pension or a four hundred one k from all those jobs. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and I tease her, right? Yes. But there is there is a thing called job hopping. So our parents would tend to stay at a job for 20 plus years my mom stayed for 40 30 plus years 40 plus years yep. um 50 plus years right blessed for it. <clears throat> no no no. It's, it's a great thing that you have longevity but yeah. it's also a sign of i'm gonna stick it through even though this job doesn't treat me correctly or treat me right i'm gonna stick it through because this is what we're supposed to do
1: I think okay, so I want to chime in. So I think some of it's loyalty to the Jobs organization. aren't loyal to you though. Now they're less loyal. They're a lot less loyal. And even back in the day, it wasn't always as loyal. But people were way more loyal to their company. And then also, and then also, like she, um, I don't think it's always like they'll treat you bad, or whatever. Like she's had great days and bad days, just like everybody else. However, because the organization she was in was so large she could move around. She had had multiple jobs there too. And like the, for me, what I've learned obviously through the, through the different roles is that you will get a larger jump in your salary, leaving a company than you would if you stayed, even if you got a promotion.
0: So that means that, you know, when it's time to go, some organizations will not pay you what you're worth because you've been there a long time. Right. So I've, I was in an organization and I was scratching and itching to get out. I was like a caged animal trying Truth. to get out. Right. Very true. Um, it led to depression. <laughs> I would come home and Donna would be like, you all right? Yeah, Yeah, I'm good. But I would literally go to sleep because I'm just exhausted from just basically pretending that I'm happy. Right? <clears throat> so sometimes the signs are on the wall that you have to leave. Uh so I went on a job interview once at the organization I used to be at. Right? And it was for an administrative role and this one guy I applied for it and I sat down with the director of uh HR for the interview and he was going over my resume, going over my uh because I had an associate's at the time, right? Going over everything, right? And I went for a manager's position. He told me, no, you'll be better suited for this this um, ancillary role or a lesser role. I said, I didn't apply for this. This is what I applied for. Then he told me, you don't have the experience to be a manager. So I said my, I can't remember how many years I was on the job at that time. I think it was maybe 11 or 12, maybe. I can't remember. But I said, so my 11 years of doing X, Y, Z means I have no experience. My, my degree means I have no experience. You know what he told me? He said, anybody could put anything on pieces of paper. I said, okay. Wow. So what (laughs) I told him is I said, so you're basically telling me I have to leave this organization, gain the experience somewhere else and then come back for this role. I said, okay. So, uh, I, I listen to my wife all the time and she says, don't be aggressive. (laughs) So it took everything in me not to be aggressive with this person. Right. So, you know what I did? I printed out my, my, um, my transcript printed out, uh, any certification I had and I put it on his desk and I highlighted everything, um, all my grades, right. And my GPA and I highlighted all the courses I was taking, right for my, for my, for my associates, I left it on his desk and I walked away. Then he calls me back in the office. He's like, Hey, Corey, I hope you didn't take offense to anything. I said, you know, I uh, I may have said, I said, don't worry about it. When I go for this interview, I'm going to go for the role that I applied for. So I get in the interview and it's the head of, Oh, it was the head of the mental health department. Right. Um, and it was the guy. So they're like, Oh yeah, you applied for, the uh, i can't remember the name of the role right but um and i told her i said no that's not what i applied for um as i told i don't even call his name as i told jerry i said this is the role i applied for so he was taken aback like he thought i wasn't going to say the role i applied for um i said i don't apply for a position. so the lady asked me what experience do you have i said on paper or in title, I don't have experience as a manager, but this is everything I've done in school. This is what I do at work currently, right? And um, this is what I believe I'm capable of, right? And she said, "Oh, what do you blah, blah 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 blah." So she she was kind of taken aback too, and you could tell that like, she wasn't interested in, a, in in what I was saying until she asked me certain questions, and I was talking about um, poetry. She was like, "Oh, she lit up when I started talking about poetry, and I said, "This is an avenue you can use with um some of the people who have um mental health issues poetry, drawing, blah blah blah, and she was like, Oh, you know a lot." I said, Yeah, so she said, Oh, at this time we're not um uh, going to fill the role with you." She said it to me point blank in the in the in the interview, but she said, We can give you this role, and you know what was insulting about it? She said to me. It's about five thousand dollars more than you make now, so why not take it? I said, "You have a good day," and I walked away. Um, and I went back to the office, right? So I just kept applying, 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 and then a role came up um, within the organization again, and I wasn't going to apply for it, right? But I think about it, because God, God opened the doors, God closes doors, right? God was just showing me that, you know, this place isn't for you. Right. Or this role isn't for you. So I applied for this. I this one position pops up and I was like, oh, that would be a great role. It'd be a coordinator role. Right. And. I said, I'm not applying for it. One of the people I work with, because I started wearing suits and bow ties just for my mental, 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 mental health. Right. Um, dress for the job you want, not the job you have. So everybody see me in suits and bow ties and just go about my way, always doing my work, even though I hated it. I was still doing it, still going to school, still bettering myself. Right. And um, just brought my horizons. And this one, like I said, this one role came up, a coordinator role. And I was like, I'm not applying for it because they already know who they have, who they want. And a lot of jobs do that. They uh, they post positions, but they already know who they want in this role. Or who they have a picture in this role, right? So uh, somebody called me and was like, yo, you should apply for this role. And I told them plain, plain as day. They already know who they want. I'm not applying for it. Right? And it was like, nah, just give it a shot. Give it a shot. You'll, you'll be a good fit for it. And I applied for it. And I end up getting it. Right? But during the, in the interview, I had an interview with my future boss, her boss. Her boss's boss, the head of operations, all for this one role. And then I'm like, you know, all of this trying to deter me and ask me, what do you where do you see yourself in the next five years? I said, either in a leadership role in this organization or somewhere else or and um, either getting my going for my doctorate or thinking about joining, getting my doctorate. Right. Uh but within five years, I'm going to have my master's, right? Because uh, this is when I was still doing, I was doing a a dual, a dual bachelor's, a bachelor's and a, and a master's at the same time, right? So with with all that being said, don't let anybody deter you from your ambition or what you're capable of because either they don't see it or they have somebody in that position or they scoff at your credentials because a lot of people will
1: so like i want to chime in right the with regard to feedback i feel like feedback is important because you won't know what others think of you unless they tell you right um unless you hear that of it's important to understand and know what others are thinking where you're concerned um When I was trying to break into project management, somebody very close to me said to me, "Um, "You don't have you don't have experience in in that. You can't apply for that role. That's not a good role for you. You shouldn't do that." And I have, like, done quite a lot in my career um, to make sure that I'm learning constantly. Right, and it's I I say all this to say it's important for you to listen to other people get their opinions but their opinions are just that of like an opinion it's not it's not something where it's like now this is all there is for me because this person said it and like you want to hear the feedback because it gives you another perspective on yourself it can be good it can be bad it can be truth or not but you should listen to feedback because it's your opportunity to hear what you may not hear behind a closed door um however
0: it it depends on if the feedback is valid some people's feedback is just
1: but even if it's no but even if it's not valid it doesn't change the fact that it might be somebody else's opinion you know what i mean like there are invalid opinions of people all the time but that opinion can go it can surpass you like you can't without having because like okay there is there's wealth in silence Right. So when you're moving in silence and you're listening and you're getting feedback on things about you or how you're perceived, you can make a difference and change your other people's perceptions. Like it's not so much that you have to, but you need to know that your the perception of yourself goes a long way. You know what I mean? Like I'm perceived as somebody who's extremely friendly.
0: It's not a. It, it, it's a true statement. <laughs>
1: What's a true statement?
0: A true statement is that you're over overly not overly friendly, but some people are scared of me. You're extremely friendly. You know why? I know, but you know why they're afraid? Because no, I could tell you. I could tell <laughs> I you why they're afraid. So the same way people are apprehensive about me, like I give off the aura of don't f with me, leave yeah, me but, the hell alone you're really like at that. all costs. But you are sometimes right? like that. Yo, my circle is my circle. Anyway, go ahead. But the reason why people perceive you the way they perceive you is because your personality is so infectious it's so warming it's so warm and and giving that a lot of people like i can't be like that or oh she just came in and everybody loves her who the hell is she
1: like i just i just feel like when you get that kind of feedback it's important for you to take it in Um, for what it is like, you you shouldn't fester on it, but take it in as a piece of knowledge that you didn't have. And like for me, the person who said, "Oh, you can't do that. You're not qualified for that. That's above you." Blah blah. blah, That person made it like made an impression, right? And then also, I don't want to be that person to anybody. Now there, there's always more that anyone can learn. Like there's people at all different levels of knowledge. There's always more you can learn. So there's everyone is at a different level of knowledge, regardless on their industry or on their role, et cetera. So there's always more to learn. You can be the most talented associate director and engagement. You can be the most um, talented project manager, program manager, et cetera. But there's always more to learn. There's more methodology, et cetera. So I say that to say, like, when I like I started uh, my Instagram, um, a black PMP. Uh, talk about it to help others who may not know certain things about project management.
0: So I think it's important. But that goes to your willingness to teach others, right? So in a lot of places, when you get in there, some people are afraid to teach you things because they either think you're going to steal their job or just knock them out the box of how talented you are, right? Um, In my role at my current organization. Um, My boss is amazing. Yes, she is. (laughs) My boss is amazing and she's willing to teach me, right? But also with me, my hunger for knowledge is insane. It's insane. Um, I'm an avid reader. I read tons of books. Um, My wife teaches me all the time about my vocabulary. She's like, what did you just say? Uh, This is what it means. And she was like, Nah, hold on, because I think you made that word up, right? Um, But I say it in interviews all the time, too, and it might run people the wrong way, but hey, whatever. I say nobody will outwork me. Nobody. So literally, I try to learn every single thing possible in my role and other roles. So if somebody comes back to me like, hey, can you teach me this or do you know that? I have no problem. Yo, my door is always open to teach people anything. I'm not I'm not a, a hoarder of knowledge. I will give anybody any tips or tricks that I know. It's because you should help people. Yes, I have a gruff exterior. Yes, I don't like people, but I still love to help people, right? And my wife uh is currently making a face at me when I say that. But what is one of the apprehensions you had stepping into one of your many, 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 many roles, Ordana?
1: Wow many many many
0: roles huh yo uh, son we about to you can retire now absolutely not <laughs> um i feel like many jobs many 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 jobs you're so ignorant i um, got many jobs so
1: the question was um i think it's the same apprehension a lot of people have when they first walk into a door it's um when you for me cuz my role is in project management um and some roles have been like working on building up a PMO um it is uh, it's a question I ask when I first walk through the door or on the interview what are the quick wins what are you looking to see this role um fulfill or to accomplish in the first six months versus long term um I I ask that question so I have an idea of what they're looking for so I know whether or not this is going to be a huge task, what the what the um, challenges may be, etc. I just feel like it's important to understand, like, what's my critical path? Like, I have to hit these things in order to be successful. Um, and those are the things that I like. I think about when I first walk through the door. It's never a people person thing. Um, I feel like I can always figure that out um, in terms of how to maneuver and work with people. And I know that's not for everyone. But um, that's not usually my concern. Um, I think more so it's being uh, successful with regard to hitting the actual goals that people need accomplished in the organization for my role.
0: Um, okay. But what wh- – how much more work do you believe you have to do because you're a woman And you're a woman of color.
1: (laughs) Um, I think that's, that's something I'm just used to living with. So it's not something that where I am used to being one of the few women in the room. And I'm definitely used to being the only black person in the room. So that's something that I've gotten used to. I think when I have to go and do a speech or when I have to do a presentation or I have to go represent the company, then it's like, Oh, I need to. I need to bring all of my a game. I need to know what we're talking about. I need to have some background. I need to dress the part, because I mean, cause when people see me, they're going to see my complexion. They're going to see my locks. They're going to see that I'm a woman. Like all of these things are going to be the immediate first thing you see. So um, I have to wear it. Wear it with pride. You can't come in and look bashful. You can't come in and look nervous. And I mean, it's okay to be nervous. It's fine. It's healthy. It's normal. However um being confident goes a very long way looking people directly in the eye firm handshake the whole nine goes a very long way and you want people to know that you're confident in who you are you're not scared you're not like nervous about what you're talking about you've done the research you're coming in there ready to work like those are the kinds of things that you have to make sure you step in the room with that air of okay let's get to work like Nice introduction. How how are you how are you doing, etc. All those things are nice, but let's get to work so that people know that you know what you're talking about, you know what you're doing, and at the first glance, these are this is why I have like LinkedIn updated um, so that people know, uh, like I know what I'm talking about when I open my mouth.
0: Okay, so I understand where you're coming from with it, and it it is a tad bit of assertion another word for aggression (laughs) assertion right or being assertive and I do understand that but when I go into meetings I have to hold back my disdain for stupidity that's one of my tipping points so uh, Malcolm Gladwell wrote a book tipping point I suggest you go look that up it's a great great book um but my tipping point (laughs) And he talked about several things. So tipping point can have several different um, uh, aspects to it. Right. But my um, aspect of tipping point is what's going to tip me over the edge to turn into um, Corey, (laughs) the aggressive one. (laughs) So Donna says, when I get mad, I adjust my body as if I'm trying to readjust my anger to fit. (laughs) right um but my tip of point is stupidity or uh stupidity may be strong my type of point is people who don't don't live up to their uh to their potential or they say hey i couldn't solve this can you tell me what the answer is i said uh so what steps did you take to get to this problem to get to the solution oh i didn't i just came to you and asked you you know what i mean and it's like uh definition of insanity is repeating the same thing over and over expecting a different result. So um yeah, it's just uh, some meetings I go into and it's just like there's no plan, there's no structure. So me and Donna we talk about project management a lot cuz that's um one of her her roles um and she's had several 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 drops. Oh my god. In that, in that role. I love teasing her about it. Um but I also and we're also certified in um Lean Six Sigma. Uh we both have green belts. She passed it before me and I was upset and I had to pass it. Wow. No, I was upset. You know I was Why? hot. She was like, baby, oh, I got it. I passed it. I said, Oh. After I tried like six or seven times. <laughs> she passed it on the first one. I said, yeah, not today, Jesus. <laughs> I passed it out of anger. <laughs> right? Um, No, but um, I believe me and my wife are ultra competitive, but we don't take it to the point where it is like detrimental to our relationship. We're just competitive um, by nature, Um, even in video games. So I think I talked about this on a previous podcast, and I know I'm diverting, but uh, she beat me in a football game.
1: Let's talk about it. Jesus Christ. Let's talk about it real quick, real quick. So my handsome husband decided you know let's play let's play a video game together babe, babe i don't talk play, like that let's play the video game together. <laughs> in, in, in my face. mind that's what it sounds like right so i'm like fine so he takes all this joy and beating joy. me and madden joy i mean we're talking no less than 10 15 28 times right <laughs> so i get to work and i'm talking with my friends shout out to to jimmy Egan. shout out to joe and I'm like, yeah, I keep losing, blah, blah, blah. They were like, you're playing Madden? I was like, yeah. They were like, what team are you playing with? They're special plays. They're like, wait, what? <laughs> He's like, they're special teams, blah, 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 right? So my favorite holiday in the world is Christmas. 25 more weeks till so Christmas. Right now, check your calendars. I don't know when this is going to air, but just letting you know. It's around 4th of July. Anyway, so I'm like, okay. I was like, yeah. So for Christmas, they get me a Madden book. Like, it's so... It has all of the, it's not really like cheat codes, but it tells you like who to play and all that. And I'm like, oh, this is great. So I'm literally reading this Madden playbook. And then we start playing one more time. And my handsome husband wasn't ready. Right? So I'm, I'm playing special plays. I'm using special teams. I'm in there. Right?
0: Deceit. <laughs> Excited. Betrayal.
1: Excited. So at the end, right? <laughs> my husband it's, it's between, it's, it's. One touchdown, and, and it's mine, right? My husband's now standing in front of the TV. And I look over at him, and I'm like, oh, this is real.
0: You know I got that, a chance. You know that uh, when you know you're losing, you stand up. And then you like, you pull your pants up. You get, you-
1: he was upset. I was like, oh, wait a minute. Oh, when I tell you when I hit <laughs> that touchdown and won the game, He was sick. I was so happy. He was like, whatever. Did you just say hit the touchdown? Yeah, hit it. I hit the touchdown. I hit the touchdown. Right? He was sick. He was sick, y'all. So (laughs) he sits down mad. And he's like, whatever, yo. Go read a book. I said, a book. I'm glad you mentioned it. And he's like, what? And I rummaged through my drawer. And I pull out the book. I was like, look what I did. He said, oh, my God. Are you serious? I was like, yeah. That's how I did it. I'll read a book any day. I'm telling you, guys, whatever you don't know is somewhere in somebody's book or it's with someone some mentor because Jim and Joe they helped me out. Those were my mentors, and I got a book and I beat my husband. It was great.
0: <laughs> I've played since retired She will not play <laughs> me again, and I'm very, very, very very, very upset that she will not play me again
1: Nope. i mean like why
0: why wouldn't you though
1: because i won
0: (sighs) whatever Uh, so um yeah i would suggest anybody that's in corporate america any job that you're working in uh one be self-aware because you have to be self-aware of uh your anger or even the room right um second step would be to identify what your tipping point is i have maybe two or three tipping points right bs is my tipping point because i don't bs anybody what you see with Corey is what you get uh i'm grumpy at home i'm grumpy at work yep i'm grumpy 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 right um but my heart is very big uh and my other tipping point is just people not willing to try man like try 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 if you're not if you can't get to the solution then you ask for assistance or in the midst of trying to get to the solution, act for assistance. But if you don't try, it's just like Ugh. So, uh, with tipping points, what is one of your tipping points or so what, what is a tipping point that you see may be a barrier to you improving uh, improving in in your role?
1: I think something in the past I have I have a couple tipping points. I don't like complainers just kinda get get to my get under my skin a little bit it's like it's hard for everybody it's hard for everyone like my subject matter experts my SMEs, they they Whoa. are out here like working a extra hard S- like me. like what i have to do in terms of making sure that the project is running as well as hitting the hitting the budget and making sure that my resources are not being stolen and like all the different things I need to manage. You don't hear me complaining about that. Like I'm trying to keep the team going and I'm like, here we go guys, we're getting so close and you know, like that's where my mind is and hearing complainers just kind of like wear me out. Um, So there's that. But in terms of blocking my success, I think something that I've needed to work on is that I'm always focused on the next thing.
0: So you're not focused on the current thing?
1: I'm not as focused as I feel I should be on the current thing. So I'm always like thinking about, okay, I need need to get this next cert. I'm always Bigger. bigger picture in terms of like the next thing I need to work on. And it's like, maybe we should stop and perfect what you're doing. Let's perfect what you're doing first that's important let's make sure that that is a smooth machine oiled. it is it is working well like if you stepped away you could delegate an outcome versus delegating a task you can it is smooth um i tend to go okay i gotta get this next cert and then i have to do this next thing and then i'm gonna like those are the kind of things i need to sometimes take a breath and focus in on what's happening currently What's currently under my siege? Like, what what am I looking at right now Um, and in charge of? And make sure that that is 100% done and taken care of versus splitting up my attention across everything. That's not always the best.
0: So J. Cole has a song called Snow in the Bluff, right? Or Snow on the Bluff. And he has a statement where he says, um, it's a line, I'm paraphrase it." He basically says that you can plant a seed, but you have to wait for the trees to grow. So um, with that being said, like multitasking is great. Bigger picture is great because I think of bigger picture. And but there's a book by this guy named John Doerr. Um, it's Measure What Matters. Great book. Another book that I've read. Um, it basically tells you how to outline your bigger picture goal and the little ancillary steps that you need to take to get there. So you're not always multitasking you're focusing on this one goal and then jump into the next one Jump into the next one so you're basically measuring what matters now for instance if you want to win the super bowl your football team you want to win a super bowl how are you going to win a super bowl oh uh throw less interceptions how are you going to throw less interceptions it's like and really analyze what you need to do so it's like the Addy terminology where it's analyze uh div- um design, develop. uh, Hold on one second. It's analyze, design, develop, implement, and uh, uh, evaluate. So basically you have a, a, a project in front of you and you use that. So you have to analyze what you want to do. You design it, right? Then you develop it, right? And then you implement it and then you uh, evaluate to see exactly what's happening or what changes you need to make. Or similar to Addie. A D D I E. Yeah. So, um, those are some of the steps that I take, I tr- or I try to take in my daily walk. And, uh, one of the things I've, uh, gleaned or received from my boss, um, who is phenomenal, by the way. I, I can't say enough about how phenomenal she is. Uh, she's taught me pivots she's taught me um how to analyze just the overall aspect of things thing and think bigger picture and then fill in the little roles in between the bigger picture to get it done yes
1: let's talk about how great it is to have a great boss so i've been blessed to have really good bosses in my day like i've had a couple of not so great ones um in the very very beginning of my um career but i have had first of all i've mainly had women managers i don't think i think maybe once i've had a male boss but um same here but like they've all been women managers um and they've been amazing and i don't think any of them have been african-american i'm pretty sure none of them have um but that's
0: crazy cuz all of mine have been
1: yeah none of my bosses have been african american women um but i just i feel like it goes such a long way in your development to have someone who is not afraid to mold you um in a way where you can learn both the good and the bad so um you can pick up the things that you absolutely would not do moving forward as well as the things that you would do um i've had to adapt and change based on what i've learned um from them but they've always shown me how to step into a room and not have to lose your femininity you don't have to pretend that you're being masculine or you're being like rough and tough in a room because the majority of the people in the room with you are men um you can just go into the room and be who you are um, and it's so often that you hear women are emotional, women are, um, they lead with their emotions, etc. I think that I've been, I've shown so many times that you can lead with, with facts. You can lead with just, um, the facts of a situation or the numbers or the analytics of a situation and move forward telling those things versus how you see it. Or you can say, what you perceive to be true based on this, this information. And I feel like that is like being able to do data visualization or being able to tell a story with data goes a long way because you're not just coming in with your opinion. Um, And your opinion matters, you know what I mean? Especially if you're an expert in your field, but it's important to step into a room, knowing the information, knowing the data and being able to tell a specific story because of that
0: data as a woman. So, I'm like
1: it's important to have a great boss. It goes
0: a long way. I would say that men need to soften up uh a little bit when it comes to how they approach just everybody in general um they are often or we are often hammers rather than uh more of a a universal or or um well suited tool. We always try to. Hammer our point across and it's not something that is um, great or. Is often. The appropriate approach. So. I would want to say. um, We talked about job hopping, which is a great thing. If you can get a job that is not. Um, or if you leave your the current role that you're in a current job that you're in and they're not willing to either pay you what you're worth or motive or uh, elevate you to a role that you are suited for. Move on um, you, and you don't have to stick to the salary that you're at. Right. So I know someone who got a new role and they literally jumped maybe forty thousand dollars, but. When you're going into a new role, they can only ask you if you've worked here before. They can't legally ask you how much you've made. So you can actually put anything you want on that piece of paper. But just make it realistic. Right. Um, And I say shoot for the stars. Right. So um, typically on a podcast, we name it pop culture references. Typically um, African-American pop culture references because Donna is African-American and i'm african-american uh so this podcast episode will be named and i'm leaving it to donna
1: wow how am i supposed okay <laughs> um, <huh. laughs> thanks for the heads up there um, <laughs> oh, sorry um i'm going to name it hold on I think I'm gonna name it a different world. Okay. Okay. Um because whether people want to believe it or not, it is a different world for people who are black. It's a different world.
0: Look at that. I put her on a spot and she was just ready with the answers. Bong 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 bong. Can't stand him. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, thank you for joining tonight's podcast with your host, Corey Sargent and Donna
1: Sargent.